Let's take our Bibles tonight to be turning to the book of Daniel. And we're going to begin in Daniel chapter 9. Good to see you. Good to have guests tonight. And thank you for joining us on this Thanksgiving holiday weekend. just a moment we'll have prayer and I'm going to ask that anyone who did not overeat during the holiday to lead us in prayer. You're the, one of the few people not guilty of gluttony. Not, I could, I can, I'll pray though. You know I didn't sin. Daniel chapter 9. This is uh, such an important passage of scripture and I hope tonight and pray tonight, I have prayed tonight that the Lord will allow us to kind of break it down where we can understand it and apply it to our life. Let's stand together as we read the scripture, and uh, we'll read some other verses in the passage, but I want to begin in verse 24 because it really introduces the subject of the lesson tonight, the message tonight. This is a vision, and we'll see this later, but this is a vision that God gave to Daniel, and um, Part of that vision, verse 24, 70 weeks are determined unto thy people and unto thy holy city. Now, it's very important to understand that this, that the primary uh, people of this, uh, affected by this prophecy are are thy people, which is Israel, and the holy city, which is Jerusalem. And so, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish, this will, be, this will be a part of the agenda during those 70 weeks, to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand, he's giving this this. Uh, Outline this direction to Daniel and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the, unto the Messiah, the prince, shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. So he said in verse 24, this whole thing is going to take 70 weeks. And then verse 25, he says, the first part will be seven weeks and three score in two weeks. The street shall be built again in the wall, even in troublesome times. And after three score in two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end thereof shall be with the flood and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. Verse 27, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate even unto the consummation. And that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. So I I say again, this prophecy of the 70 weeks 
of Daniel, I think is very interesting, and I think it's of most importance to understand, you know, not only about things that happened in the, as we would think of in the end times, but even things that happened during the gospel era and during the time of Christ. And so let's look at this together and ask God to lead us as we look into it. And again, this is, we're going, for those of you who are guests, we're doing a series on Sunday evenings on things related to prophecy or the end times or the future events. And we've already talked about the rapture of believers. And uh, we're, now we're talking about the great tribulation. And we'll, this is our way to introduce such an important subject as the great tribulation. So let's pray. Lord, again, we ask for your help. Thank you for every person that's here tonight. And we pray that you'd help us to uh, glean from this passage what you'd have for us. And Father, we want to be uh, understanders of the Bible. We want to be learners. We want you to teach us. And so, Father, may the Spirit of God be our teacher and help us to do our part in paying attention and learning. And, and uh, we trust you to be glorified in the midst of it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So we're thinking about the 70 weeks of Daniel. And we call it that because it's in the book of Daniel and God revealed this uh, matter of the 70 weeks to Daniel. And just to kind of uh, introduce this, uh, Daniel had been praying. I mean, this didn't just come out of the blue. Daniel had been praying and confessing the sins of his people and seeking God. As a matter of fact, the entire chapter of nine, the ninth chapter of Daniel has much to do with that. If you look in verse 1 of Daniel 9, it says, gives us a timeline. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, the Chaldeans being the Babylonians. The Babylonians conquered uh, Judah and, and, and Israel, and they um, took, took many of those people captive. And, but the Medes and Persians conquered the Babylonians, and so now the Medes are in control. Verse 2, it says, In the first year of his reign, this is Daniel, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. Daniel understood by reading the words of Jeremiah the prophet that the captivity, the, time, the length of the captivity of the people in this place of Babylon and now controlled by the Persians was 70 years. And so having understood that, Verse 3, it says, Daniel says, And I set my face unto the Lord God <coughs> to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God. And we're going to read this whole chapter, but much of it is his prayer. I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments, we have sinned and have committed iniquity. Pardon me. Now, where, where are these people at this time? They're in this captivity, and they're a good way through this time of captivity. He's praying. He's confessing. He's confessing their sins. We've sinned, verse 5, and committed iniquity and done wickedly and have rebelled, even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. He continues to pray. During this time, he's praying this prayer in verse 16. He says, O Lord, 
According to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city, Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because of our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers. Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. Now what's Daniel, what's his reasoning? He just found out they're in captivity. He just discovered that there's a timeline on this captivity, 70 years, that he can see when they're going to be coming to the end of that time, and he's praying for God to bless Jerusalem and bless Israel and forgive them of their sins that they committed, which resulted in their being in bondage. Follow down to verse 20. And whilst I was speaking, Daniel writes, and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, praying about all these things, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation, and he informed me, the angel Gabriel informed me, and talked with me, and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, so this commandment to, for Gabriel to come and speak to Daniel um, was, was timed to be during those supplications. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. That's a great statement, isn't it? Thou art greatly beloved. Therefore understand the matter Understand the matter and consider the vision. So what is about to be revealed to Daniel, I think it's important. I think it helps to understand the setting. What Daniel is doing is praying. And Gabriel says, I want you to, we want you to understand the matter, verse 23, and consider the vision. And what was that vision? Verse 24, let's look at it again. Seventy weeks are determined unto thy people and unto thy holy city. So it was revealed to Daniel, just try not to think too far ahead, but just kind of put the pieces together. It was revealed to Daniel that the future of Israel and Jerusalem could be divided into 70 weeks, right? 70 weeks are determined. And those, you could look at those 70 weeks that we're going to talk about tonight as being like a God's calendar for Israel, and much, much of it has to do with God dealing with Israel. It's going to take 70 weeks. Now, you're, you may be thinking, if you've never thought about this passage or tried to understand the passage, how, how in the world can that be? I mean, uh, that in 70 weeks, I mean, 70 weeks is not a very long time. How could this happen? And so we're going to talk about the use of the term week. We see, let's just review here. Look in verse 24. He says 70 weeks in verse 24. In verse 25, he says this will be the division of those 70 weeks. There's seven weeks, and then there's three score and two weeks, or 62 weeks. And then in verse 26, there's three score and two weeks, 62 weeks. And in verse 27, there's one week. 
And that week is divided. There's a week and in the midst of the week. And so, first of all, this could not literally be a week of seven days, right? I mean, seven, if you're talking about 70 literal weeks, you're talking about one in a third years, right? 52 weeks in a year, are you with me? So it couldn't be seven literal weeks as we think about weeks. The Hebrew word is Shabuah, and the word just means seven. It's a unit of seven. It could be seven of anything. And so in Daniel's prophecy, a week is a week of years. It's seven, it's a week seven times however many weeks there are. And so it's it's a week of years. And so you say, well, how, how do you get that? Well, let me just let me just show you one way to see it. Look in Daniel chapter 9 and verse 27. He says, He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. So let's just think of one week. And in the midst of the week. So we've got a week and we've got a week divided in the middle. So how long is a week? Well, let's, let's turn in our Bibles to Revelation, uh, Daniel chapter 12. In Daniel chapter 12, and let's look at verse 11. It says, And, and from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away and the abomination and that maketh desolate set up, there shall be... 1,290 days. Now, we just read in chapter 9 and verse 27 that in the midst of the week, the, the oblation and sacrifice would cease. In the middle of the week, it's going to cease. Well, 12.11 says that from the time that that happens to the end is 1,290 days. Anybody want to guess how long that is? It's three and a half years. So, so a half of a week is three and a half years. So how long is a week? You guys are brilliant. Seven years. So when Daniel's talking about 70 weeks, he's talking about 70, he's not just talking about 70 weeks of seven days, he's talking about 70 times seven. A week represents seven years. And so let's look like in a Daniel chapter 9, and it, verse, verse 24 says this entire span that he's talking about is 70 weeks. And so that's 70 times 7. That'd be 490 years. 70 weeks times 7. A week is 7 as a week of years. 70 times 7. That's 490 years. And so when you look at each one of these references to weeks, they represent a period of years. So in verse 24, that would be 490 years. But it's also divided up into other sections. Look in verse 25, where it says, um, From the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the priest shall be seven weeks. So how long is How many years is that? Seventy. Seven times seven is 49. So 49. So that, partic- uh, that two weeks... Uh, that seven weeks, I mean, is 49 years. Now, that'll take on relevance here in just a moment. And then the three score and two weeks right after that, that's 434 years, 62 times seven. And then, so if you have those 32, the 62 weeks and the, and the seven weeks, you have 69 weeks, right? But how many weeks is this whole, the span of this whole thing? 70 weeks. So you have one week left over, and that's really that one leftover week is the week that we're going to, uh, put a lot of emphasis on at the end. So 
We see in verse uh, 26 when he says, um, after three score and two weeks, um, the, the Messiah will be cut off. So these are important events that are attached to each one of these periods of time. And so let's just hit the pause button as far as the weeks and then let's identify who the key, some of the key players are in this passage. First of all, verse 24. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people. Now we could all figure out who that is. God is speaking to Daniel. And when he says thy people, he's talking about Israel, the Jews. And upon thy holy city, Jerusalem. So this is a primary prophecy related to the Jewish people, to the Hebrew people, and to the city of Jerusalem. Okay, another key factor, a key person, obviously, in verse 25 and verse 26, it says, verse 25, Know therefore and understand, and I'm just giving you some information that we're going to put it all together here in a moment. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto Messiah the Prince. Now, who is Messiah the Prince? We know who that is, right? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 26, it says, after three score and two years shall Messiah be cut off. That's talking about the death of Christ. So, so when we read this, we know who Messiah the Prince is, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And then another uh, identity, look in verse 26, after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. Now notice this next phrase. I have this underlined in my Bible. And the people of the Prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. So the people, the people of the prince that shall come, now Daniel may have not have had any idea, probably had no idea who he's talking about, but we know who destroyed Jerusalem, where it says there in verse 26, they shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. We know who that was, and it was the Romans. It happened in 70 AD, we talked about that this morning, and under Titus, who was the conqueror at that time. So when it talks about here the people of the prince, it's talking about the Roman rule. But notice this, and the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And so if the people of the prince is the Roman rule, then who is the prince? And looking, looking if you would please, in verse... Um, 27 it says and he that pronoun he is talking about the people of the prince the 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 prince of the people of the people the prince of the people the people of the prince there's a prince that rules them and he is the prince now who is that prince it says in verse 27 he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week now who is the so is that who is that he who's the he pronoun referred to it refers to the antichrist which really the antichrist is going to be get his power from the old Roman Empire, basically. And so the people of the prince are the Roman, is the Roman Empire, and the, he, the prince itself, is Antichrist. Now, if we go through this, then all these different identities and times and stuff start to make sense. So the 70 weeks represent the future of Israel, and there's major developments that will occur. They're listed, some of these are listed in verse 24. Let's take a glance at that. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. Over the course of the seventy weeks, which we know now is 490 years, to finish the transgression 
and to make an end of sins. It's going to deal with sin. It's going to deal with sin, not only deal with sin, but judge for sin. The final judgment for sin will be included in those 70 weeks, but also to make reconciliation for iniquity, to pay for iniquity. And that will take place during the 70 weeks. The price will be paid for sins. And to bring in everlasting righteousness. To bring in everlasting righteousness. Everlasting righteousness will be the rule, the millennial reign of Christ. He will rule in righteousness. And those 70 weeks will bring us up to the point when it will bring in the millennial reign of Christ. And then he says, and to seal up the vision and prophecy. In other words, that all the prophetic truth will be sealed up. And finally, in, in verse 24, to anoint the most holy, to anoint um, not only the Messiah who will come, but also the city, the holy city, as, it's, as it is restored. So we've got, the, we've got the time frame, we've got the years, we've got the weeks, which what they represent. We've got the people that are key players here in this 70-week um, drama. And so now let's break down the chronology of these events because the ultimate goal of this is not only to understand the, the, from a 30,000-foot view what's going to happen to Israel, but it's going to bring up the, the point of our discussion on these Sunday night lessons, which is the Great Tribulation. That's what we're talking about now, and that's what we get to in a, in a bit. Okay, let's just look at this. Uh, beginning in verse 25. He's told told Daniel that the 70 weeks are determined and what's going to happen during that 70 weeks. And then he says in verse 25, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and three score in two weeks. Now, why did he divide that? Why, did he just, why didn't he just say 69 weeks? Why did he say seven weeks, two, seven weeks and then 62 weeks? Because um, let's just first of all look at the total picture. From, from the, what, what is the starting point of this, this uh, prophecy, this revelation? And it's a historical event. Look in verse 25. From the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem. Now, Daniel is very familiar with where they are. They're in captivity. They've been taken captive by the Babylonians. And the Persians are now in charge and control. And if you just think for a moment, what's going to happen... What's going to happen that's going to cause them to leave their Babylonian place of, of uh, captivity and return to Jerusalem? There's going to be a command by a Persian king whose name is what? Cyrus, right. Cyrus, the king of Persia. And what is, what is Cyrus, the king of Persia, going to do? He's going to begin to send people back to Jerusalem. And there's going to be done in more than one command, more than one um, journey, one and more expedition, if you would. 
And so he's giving us exactly where this time frame starts. It's the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem. And that the decree that it's referring to there is the decree by Artaxerxes, the king of Persia, when, when uh, Nehemiah returned, we could look at that, but we won't tonight, in Nehemiah chapter 2, when he returns to build the walls of Jerusalem. That was the decree. So, this, so we know exactly when this 70-year period starts. It starts when that decree was made. And, uh, and, and notice what it says. It gives us an interesting commentary about that in verse 25 where it says that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince, that's when Jesus comes. That'll be a seven-week period and three score in two weeks. That's 69 weeks. This, notice this. This is about restoring Jerusalem, building up Jerusalem. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. Now, that's looking forward for Daniel because it hadn't happened yet. But it's going to happen. And how long is it going to take from the commandment to go and restore Jerusalem until that project is finished? It's going to take 49 years, seven weeks. So, as a matter of fact, and you can get close to that time just reading the book of Nehemiah when it tells us when the wall was finished, how many days it took. It, there's a, so, so the point being, when it says here seven weeks, that first seven weeks that 49 years has to do from the time that the commandment was given to go and restore and rebuild Jerusalem until um, that project was finished. And so that's the, that's the first two weeks. So we, the first seven weeks, I mean. So um, that's the amount of time it took. Okay, then verse 26, it says this, And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. Now that 62 weeks is 434 years, just to help you with your math, if you don't have your calculator with you. Some of you wouldn't need a calculator, I'm sure. But from, from the next 62 weeks is an exact timeline. So we have, we have, first of all, 49 years it's going to take. The 70 years begins. The seven weeks is 49 years. That's building, that's going back to Jerusalem, building back up Jerusalem. Then we have 62 weeks. That's 434 years, and that's when it says that Messiah is going to come. It's gonna, um, verse 25 says, unto Messiah the Prince, and verse 26 says, and after those three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. So that brings us up to the crucifixion time, to the, birth, to the life of Christ, his entry into Jerusalem, his ultimate crucifixion. So just again, to put the timeline together, from the time of the decree to rebuild Jerusalem until the death of Christ would be 69 weeks or 483 years total. Verse 26, Messiah will be cut off. Look at the language here. I mean, this is so beautiful, verse 26. Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. He won't be cut off for himself. He won't be, he'll be killed, but not for himself. He'd be killed for others. He'd, he would die for others. It wasn't because of anything he would done, had done. He would die as a sacrifice for our sins. What, what an amazing thing that even in this great revelation that God gave to Daniel, we have this beautiful exaltation of Christ the Savior and that God would send his son to die for sinners. Aren't you glad about that tonight? And, and to give complete assurance to us of the accuracy of all this, 
he, he informed Daniel about this almost 500 years before it would actually occur. What a great God. And what else is going to happen during that general time frame? Look at verse 26. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come, not the prince, he's not the prince then, but he shall come as the prince. The people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. We know when that happened. As we said, this one happened in 70 AD. It happened under the Romans. Messiah was cut off about 40 years after that. Jerusalem was destroyed. And we read this morning in Mark chapter 3 about how the disciples were marveling and enamored by the beauty of that temple. And Jesus said, um, it's all going to be destroyed and one, there's going to be one stone left. And my wife and I have been to Israel a couple of times. You can see those very stones still laying there in piles uh, because of what transpired here. So in this short little passage, Daniel's giving us such a timeline about how God is working in Israel. First of all, he's going he's to bring them out of captivity. He's going to bring them back into their homeland. They're going to rebuild the city, the walls, and rebuild the temple. And, uh, and then for, he gives the time frame from then until when Messiah would be cut off. And then he tells us that the city would be destroyed. And the sanctuary, the temple would be destroyed, and it was. Uh, and, and then he says then in verse 26, And the end thereof shall be with the flood, and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. So, so the city and the sanctuary are destroyed, and that brings us to verse 27. And that's really the focus of our attention tonight. And he, he being the prince... The prince of the people. Who is the prince? And we know the prince. We know who would confirm the covenant. Verse 27. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. So we have 69 weeks between the seven weeks that it took to rebuild Jerusalem after the Babylonian destruction and captivity. And then we have 62 more weeks until Messiah came. So that's 69 weeks and then before the 70th week, we have, I would call it a gap between 26, verse 26 and verse 27. A gap between when Messiah would be cut off and the 70th week. Now, let me explain to you why I'm fully convinced this, the gap exists. That gap between when Jesus was crucified and the Jerusalem was destroyed and the fulfillment of the 70th week of Daniel is because this, all of this revelation here we're reading about, although we, we benefit from it and we're implied in it because of the death of Christ, it's really primarily the Jewish nation. As I said verse, earlier in verse 24, to thy people and unto thy holy city. The, the nation of Israel had the gospel brought to them first. Jesus made that clear. The Apostle Paul made that clear. First to, the, first to Israel. But they rejected the Messiah. Now that doesn't mean Jews weren't saved. Jews were saved in our New Testament, the book of Acts and the, in the epistles. But God dealt with Israel all through the Old Testament time 
And up until the time of Christ, God dealt with Israel. And he came primarily, uh, first of even Jesus said when they went out, Jesus said, go first to the children of Israel. But they rejected him. And when they rejected him, he turned from Israel. And then he, he no longer deals with them as a nation. He doesn't, today, God does not deal with Israel as a nation. He stopped dealing with them as a nation in the 69th week, in the week that brought Jesus Christ to this earth and to the cross. And the gap that's between 69 and 70 is the place we live today. We live in that time, sometimes referred to as the church age. Matter of fact, that period of time is referred to in the Bible as a mystery because it wasn't revealed to the Old Testament prophets. They could not see what we can see now. And so this, so this, we came up to the 69th week, which brought us to the cutting off of the Messiah. We all get that. The 70th week begins when the prince confirms the covenant with the nation of Israel. That's what, that's what brings the 70th week, the seventh, the 70th week, that final week, final seven years, into play again. And what is that seven weeks? What is, what is it that uh, is going to, with that seven final week, that final week that God is going to deal with the Jewish nation, what is that? It's the Great Tribulation. And, that, and, and by the way, we won't be here then. So God will not be deal, God will begin once again to deal with the nation of Israel. And we'll do that for that seven-year time frame. So it'll begin, basically, the, the 70th week begins at the end of the dispensation that we're currently living in. And it will begin with the rapture of the saints. When we go up to be with the Lord, He is immediately going to begin to deal with the nation of Israel again. That signals the time. So um, I realize for some people who've never studied this, and I'm sure there are people here tonight that never have, this seems like a lot to take in. But I would urge you to take and listen to it again and maybe draw you a map and show the 70 weeks when they began. They began clearly, precisely, the 70 weeks began with the command to go back and restore Jerusalem. We have that right, in, right before us, and we know exactly when that happened. And it began with a, uh, a two-week time frame, and that two-week time frame, 49 years, was how long it took to do it. And then the next 62 years, with, with the 62 in the, uh, or the seven-week time frame, I should, should say, 49 weeks, and you add that to the 60, 62 weeks after that, it brings us up to 69 weeks which brings us up to the Messiah being cut off. Now, I want to, I want to, because this is really what the purpose of this lesson tonight. I, I've I've taught this before, but it's, I've only taught it I think one other time. The seventy weeks of Daniel. I find it very fascinating, and and um, but it it has relevance to this matter of speaking about the great tribulation. So let's look again. We're looking in Daniel 9. Look in verse 27. And he, and that he is talking about the Antichrist. And we'll, we're going to cover a lot more of this when we get into Revelation a little later. 
And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. They're going to make a covenant, an agreement with Israel that, that should for a week, for seven years. It's going to be an agreement. And it says in verse 27, in the midst of the week, in three and a half years into that, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease and for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make desolate. Now, that, that's a phrase that's seen in the Gospels. Jesus used it. It's seen in other places. But that's going to happen in the three-and-a-half-week time frame. Or three, yeah, in the, in the three-and-a-half-year time frame in the middle of that first week. So that when you look at the final week, it's, seven, it's actually seven years, the final week. And it's divided right in the middle, three and a half weeks in the early part of it, three and a half weeks in the latter part of it. And the, it begins with the Antichrist making this false agreement. The Antichrist, I believe, will be a false messiah. And Israel will welcome the Antichrist as their deliverer. And um, let's look at one, one uh, passage I mentioned this morning in Daniel 11. We didn't turn to it. Daniel 11 and verse uh, 39. And this is talking about the, the invasion of Israel and the agreement and things of that nature. But in 39, Daniel eleven thirty nine, 39, it says, Thus shall he do in the most strongholds with a strange God when he shall acknowledge and increase with glory and he shall cause them to rule over many and shall divide the land for gain. Now this is just my own personal opinion. I can't say this dogmatically. But I think that may refer to the agreement that's going to be made in Jerusalem having to do with the land. Because that's the big dispute in Jerusalem. The land. You know, how much of it belongs to the, they call them the Palestinians. How much of it belongs to Israel. It, and, and if they, you know, um, the only way they see they being people trying to broker deals, peace agreements, the only way that can happen is to agree on the land. The Dome of the Rock sits on what, on Mount Moriah, where once the temple sat. There's dispute if it's the exact same place. The, we know this not because of, anything being said publicly or in the, in the media, but we know that the temple that has not been there since 70 A.D. will be rebuilt. How do we know that? Because, because the Antichrist is going to go into that temple. And three and a half years into the Great Tribulation, he's going to stop the sacrifices in the temple. Well, there is no temple, right? Now, some of you would know this because you research these kinds of things. And, uh, but, but in Jerusalem, there's a lot being done to prepare for the construction of this temple. When my wife had been there, you see that giant menorah, that big lampstand made out of solid gold that's already been made by the Temple Institute that's, that they're preparing for the new temple. They're preparing all the time for this new temple. So it's going to be built. It'll probably be built during that first three and a half years of the Great Tribulation. 
And again, it's just my opinion. I'm not saying this dogmatically, but it could, this could be a reference in verse 39 to how he makes an agreement having to do with the land and how, how they can coexist together. And so, um, it's one of the, so, what is, so this person who comes on the scene, and we're going to talk about the Antichrist in another lesson. He's going to be the person who can bring peace. What looks like real peace between Israel and the rest of the world. And that would include the Arab nations. And by the way, have we not seen in, within the last several months these peace agreements that are coming together between various Arab nations and, and Israel? For the first time, they're, they're working together, cooperating together, and those kinds of things. So that's what's going to bring in this seven-week period. It looked like there's a peaceful agreement. And, there's gonna, and, and then, but midway through the week, through those seven years, midway, the Antichrist is going to break his covenant with Israel. And he's going to exalt himself as God. We'll look at another verse or two about that. The sacrifices are going to cease. We've read that more than once tonight. And the overspreading of these abominations will make desolate. And again, we looked at this earlier, Daniel 12 and verse 11. From the time that that sacrifice is ceased to stop to the end will be 1,290 days. That's three and a half years. Um, go with me, if you would, to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul, this is just one place in the Bible that we see that Paul wrote about this. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. That's talking about the Antichrist, the man of sin. And, it, you know, we, I don't know that he will be revealed before the rapture or right after the rapture it may not be it may be that uh, he's already he's already alive and well and working in our world you know what i'm saying we don't know but he he will come to prominence and this is in the sentence continues in verse 4 talking about him who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called god or that is worshiped so that he as god sitteth in the temple of god showing himself that he is God. That's pretty clear language, isn't it? So the temple will be there. He exalts himself as God. He claims to be deity. He sits in the temple. And, uh, and that begins, you know, it's, we're already three and a half years into the Great Tribulation. We'll talk about more of that in the next lesson. But this begins, the, you know, the first part's really called the time of tribulation. The last part's called the great tribulation because that's when everything begins to uh, take on greater intensity. Uh, th uh, this division of the time, go if, if you would to the Gospel of Matthew for just a moment. I believe it's seen in Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24, that's, uh, that's the Matthew's... Uh, account Matthew's record of what we talked about today in Matthew or Mark chapter 13. It's also in Luke chapter 21. But in Matthew chapter 24, it begins just like uh, the, our text this morning about them looking at the temple and 
Jesus saying there's not going to be one stone upon another. And they ask him, tell us about what's going to happen. And he begins to tell us these things. We covered all this in this morning. But then he says in verse 5, he says, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many, and shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. And these, these things are just the beginning um, feeling of pain that's going to intensify as we move along. So that's how he described the beginning of the great tribulation or the tribulation period. But then look in verse 15. He says, when, Jesus says, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them that be in the Judea flee into the mountains, let him that is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of the house, because then it's really going to get, matter of fact, this period of time in the book of Revelation is tells us that the Jews go into refuge for three and a half years. And that's what he's saying. Don't even bother to go back to your house because things are fixing to really get out of control. Then look in verse 21. It says, For then shall be great tribulation, such as were not since the beginning of the world, to this time no, nor forever. So, so the first part of the tribulation is called the beginning of sorrows. It's getting worse and worse. It's getting more painful and, and more difficult. But then after that three and a half year when the, the um, abomination that maketh desolate, when, he's on, when he de de stops the sacrifices for them, he said the, the great tribulation, unlike anything the world has ever seen, is about to take place. And if you, if you study the book of Revelation, you can see that. So, so I really wanted to get tonight, I wanted to kind of lay out why we believe that this tribulation period is seven years, why we believe that in the midst of that seven years, there will be a, a definite change in the intensity of the tribulation when the Antichrist stops the sacrifice, declares himself to be God, and, and how this one week fits into the broad span of the 70 weeks that Gabriel showed to Daniel. So um, I, th I, find it, I, I just find it intriguing, really. I, think, I find it fascinating that it, that it covers so much history, even about the coming of Christ, even about the rebuilding of Jerusalem, even about the death of Christ and the coming reign of the Antichrist. And that's really what the, the Great Tribulation is going to be about. And it's not people who are not Jews on this planet will experience the Great Tribulation. But the primary purpose of the Great Tribulation is to deal with the nation of Israel. There's no question about that to me. It's primarily focused on the nation of Israel. And this world leader is going to come to great power and they're going to present himself and be perceived, I believe, as the Messiah. He's going to make a deal with Israel. He's going to promise world peace. And about three and a half years into that treaty, he's going to break the treaty, declare himself to be God, and cease the sacrifices. And uh, it's going to get ugly in a hurry. So, if you're saved, we will see this from 
the world beyond, right? And at the end of the Great Tribulation, we will return with Jesus when he deals with the nations of the world with an outpouring of vengeance and wrath that no one can even imagine. It's going to be an amazing thing. Now, if a person is not saved, not truly born again, they ought to be concerned about all these things. I'm concerned about it just because I want to know the truth. But we have peace about the fact that we're not going to go through it because we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you're not saved, if you're not saved, this, and, and this could happen in a moment of time, that we would be taken without announcement, without warning, we could be taken immediately to be with the Lord. And then what happens? And then the man of sin will be revealed, and then that seven-year clock begins to tick. And for anybody, you say, now we'll cover this again, but people will definitely be saved during that tribulation period, but it's not going to be a picnic. And I, and I believe I have biblical evidence, scriptural evidence, that no one will be saved during the tribulation that had a chance to be saved now and rejected Jesus Christ. So don't think, well, I, I'm tough. I can, I'll ride this out. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to reject Christ. I'm going to wait. I'll just postpone it. And if the rapture happens and everybody leaves, it's just going to be seven years. I think I can handle it. I'll get saved during those seven years. Not if you've rejected the truth, you won't. I don't believe that. Amen?